0: You're listening to
1: Rick Flynn. With a shout out from London Town, it's Rick Flynn presents.
0: And now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Well, ladies and gentlemen, ordinarily when I have a guest, I have to wait a year or so and we bring them back. But there was so much unspoken with my next guest that you're about to hear. I can't afford to wait a year because I'm helping the organization promote a brand new album that they have recorded under the guys of my next guest that you're going to meet here in a second and his organization which he calls Soul de Lune that's French that means I think it means either soul by the moonlight or soul at night I I'm not a Frenchman I don't speak very good French but the name of the album is called Take a Look at This World It features a man out of Niagara Falls, New York, who, as a lot of you may already know, especially if you heard him on this program the first time he appeared, and he started as a child playing the guitar amongst other instruments. And then he went and actually became a DJ out of Niagara Falls, New York, which is where he got the moniker that they called him Ron Laster, the master music blaster. That's what they called him as a DJ. And then he went back to the guitar, but this time he spent 27 years with one of the finest entertainers in the world, thanks to a girlfriend of his name, Anne, who gave him a call and said, would you like to play with James Brown? And here he is, everyone. I want to bring him on. Mr. Ronald Rock Laster, guitar player extraordinaire. Hi, Ron. What it do, Rick? What's happening? What's happening? Oh, I'll tell you what. We could not (laughs) squeeze it in the last time, could we? (laughs) I remember. I remember. Oh, isn't that the truth? Now, let me tell you something. Ron, you not only played 27 years of your life off and on you had a couple breaks in there i know to be honest with you everybody that plays with james had a couple breaks in there yeah, of course and that's it's mandatory the, that's the way it worked when you were up on stage, did he ever flash those those hand signs at you cuz you didn't have a crease in your suit pants and it cost you 20 bucks?
1: Yes, sir. We call it the fear of the black hand.
0: <laughs> hey, how much <laughs> how much did he charge you if you didn't have a, a crease in your pants? Well, it it all depends. Now, if you got the one
1: one hand flash, each flash is $5. Ah. Now the normal for like bad uniform or missing a star when we were generals, missing a star on your shoulder. I don't even know how he know that you didn't have a star. How in God's name could know that sitting twenty rows back in a in a in a theater in a venue? But uh, the the five the one hand was five, but when you got the double, that's two hands, that's ten each time. Oh, you know, and uh, he would go as high as fifty bucks. You know, I got. Find fifty bucks. We had a new dancer, Dara Wells. She was just so pretty, and when she came out, we had never seen her. And she came out, and all the guys kind of looked like, "Whoa, you know who was this?" He turned around, looked right at me, and find me fifty dollars.
0: Oh, because <laughs> you were looking at the women instead of uh, him.
1: Uh, right? Yeah, because you gotta watch him at all times. If you take your eyes off him, and he knows you're not looking, he will do. He'll throw a signal that he knows you're gonna miss it because you're not looking at him.
0: Uh, and he, he would
1: do that on purpose to make sure that you would always watch him. You know, so oh my. that was, that was one of it. You oh, know, he was very, very serious about watch me, watch me, watch uh, me. Yeah. You yeah. know? So
0: now as Martha and I have discussed before, he always told the young people coming up, get an education. Mm-hmm. He always, he was a proponent, his whole adult life of having the kids go get an education that's because do you feel that he did not want those children to be raised and come up in the streets the way he was?
1: Well, basically that's basically it in a nutshell. You know what I mean? Like it all depends on, It still all depends on the mood he was in. Now people don't know this. Uh, Dan Ross takes credit for, discovering michael jackson james brown had him first and he said he wasn't going to promote them until they went back to school
0: Oh really?
1: That's a true story. The people don't know that. That's a true story. And they oh. left there, and then went, and when that's when Diana found them. But James had him first and said, "No, no, no. They got they too young. They need to go back to school."
0: Now there you know? was an incident. We had the Jacksons that showed up at the club where I perform without Michael. Michael was not there. They had played the concert, and the Jacksons came in. David Williams. Was the guitarist who later went on not only to record with Michael Jackson? In fact, he had recorded with him already. He did uh-huh. uh, he did that uh, off the wall and every other thing. And yeah, he later, that was
1: with Rod Temperton. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: yeah. Well, Rod Temperton did uh, the act out of Dayton called uh, Heat Wave. Yeah, I used to love Heat Wave, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights, and uh, they did a ballad called Always Always and Forever. And And we're riding on the the groove line tonight.
1: (laughs) I told you I was
0: a DJ, Rick. Oh, (laughs) I'm telling you. And Get-
1: plus, my other little local band used to play that song too. I played, uh, you know, play, I had a couple of local bands, winning in Canada, Rapid Movement, Jerry D'Amico, uh, Danny Spadell, and Polyphony. And we used to play those top 40 songs for a while. Right. Doing, a ho- doing the hotel circuit, holiday and gigs, you know, stuff like that.
0: Right. Well, David Williams, the guitarist for Michael Jackson and Madonna. He came on my program when I was on terrestrial radio, my talk show, the same one you and I know that Roger Troutman used to come on. Yes, sir. 103.5 was the frequency. It's still on the air right now. Two rating books ago, it was the number one station in the market. I think if the new rating book is out, they might have, they slipped the rating book after that down a notch but i think they recovered it. i think they're number one right now if i'm not mistaken so so yeah uh, david williams from the jacksons uh, their guitars came on and he worked with madonna and everybody else under the sun he was a utility man he could play anything And in your career, did you do primarily funk only, or did you ever do albums that had nothing to do with the funk?
1: Well, uh, actually, believe it or not, and people don't believe this. Before I really started getting into fuck, you know, they put me in these. I was a smart kid, so they took me out of the black schools. They put me. I was like, if you look at my high school, my my elementary school pictures, you just see the only black boy sitting up there grinning from ear to ear like a Cheshire cat. I used to listen to a lot of Peter Paul and Mary uh, and stuff like you know, like folk music. So I used to really like that too. But then I got this girlfriend named Pookie. <laughs> and, and i I, I, ret, I returned to my my, my native skin tone
0: <laughs> right
1: in other words no i had to fuck in me, but i'm just saying no i used to. as far as playing anything i've always been a punketeer but you know my first love believe it or not was okay, was folk music
0: right you know, i'm leaving I really on life. a jet plane I don't know if I'll be back again.
1: Lemon Tree, all of that. Yes. I love those songs.
0: There's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, Mm. I had a boss I worked for once. He said, Rick, there are only two kinds of songs, a good one and a bad one. (laughs) And he's basically right. And he's uh right.
1: Yeah, I also want to throw in like during 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 my white tivity days, (laughs) I was also a big fan of like the Kinks, Dave Clark Five,
0: the uh, Kinks. uh,
1: yeah, I got a matter of fact, you we had really a got show. me now. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, we had a talent show, and I put on a wig and I did a, a lip sync. Uh, you really got me, and uh, I'm still planning on doing a remake of Tired of Waiting.
0: Oh, 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 so tired, tired of waiting, yeah, tired I got, of got, I got waiting a good arrangement for you. For that.
1: Yep, oh, I got a good arrangement for that one.
0: I absolutely love the Kings, and they mm-hmm. did a song. Uh, Ray
1: Davies, Ray Davies. And
0: his brother David.
1: Yep, and it's right, exactly.
0: Oh, no. Oh, Ron, Ron, you're good. You're making me mad now. I don't have more than an hour with you.
1: (laughs) I'm making you cry. Don't cry there, Rick. Don't cry. You're making me upset. Let's
0: get back to the Jacksons. They told me. They Rick, ask him about the Mylon Jackson. And what the hell are they talking about? You had some type of incident with some Mylon Jackson. We it,
1: were playing in California, right? Uh, I think the place that was called, oh God. Whiskey a Go-Go. No, no. It's, uh oh God, what's the name of this place? I don't know. It'll probably hit me while we're talking. Not the
0: Troubadour, not the whiskey a go It wasn't
1: a Troubadour. It wasn't a -a Whiskey-a-Go-Go. There was another place that was big. I think it was in Reseda. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, anyway, the place was sold out. And here's Marlon Jackson trying his best to get in. And the bouncers, they wouldn't let him in. They said, man, I'm Marlon Jackson. I'm with the Jackson 5. They said, we don't care if you're the president of the United States. (laughs) You're You're not getting here. And I just happened to be like right there doing while he was talking to him and I just looked and said hey man it's cool he's with me and he walked right on in <laughs> oh, oh. and we stood up and talked and laughed he said man thank you but it was so funny because I was new you know what I mean like I'm the new guy and here's Marlon Jackson known throughout the world and here this fool from Niagara Falls is the one that just said no he's with me okay Mr. Lassler. and they let him right in so I I, I was Mr. That day and he was Mr. Nobody so
0: <laughs> you actually got a member of the Jacksons in to the club yes,
1: I I did yes i did oh, i'll never, never forget that i'll never forget that
0: same same
1: kind of goes with christian mcbride another one another guy who i uh, uh introduced to the james brown family A uh, very similar situation you know they didn't know who he was i knew who he was and i met him and uh, next thing i know if you just see there's a cartoon that was done by uh what's that man's name he does adventures of the tier bus uh uh it's a cartoon what's his name uh Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's on HBO. It's Adventures of the Cheer Bus. Anyway, they got a little part where they're, we're having dinner with James Brown and uh, there's a part where Uh, Tony Cook says, uh, because I used to do a fantastic imitation of James. I used to mess with the guys a lot, get them in trouble on our day off. I used to call them up and say uh, stuff like, Mr. Jones, I need to see you right now, right now. Come (laughs) to my room right now. Then I would hang the phone up real fast before they could recognize it was me. And uh, uh, they would get up and say, where you going,
0: man? Brown wants to see me. (laughs) (laughs) And they would knock on the door and I I kept doing it, kept
1: doing it, and I kept doing it. Uh, to finally, some of them would catch on, but I wouldn't stop. At, and they were steady knocking on James' door, and James kind of figured it out. He said, "That's got to be Ron." He said, "That's got to be Ron doing me." So he said, he called me up in the dress room. He said, "Do me, do me." Oh! <laughs> and did you do it? I did. I did, and he, you know, he started laughing. Now to show you how good I was—true story. We were we were on our way. We did something. We were doing David. It was David Letterman, exactly. And uh, me and James, we had adjoining rooms. I was He just brought me, you know, to direct Paul Schaefer's yes. band. It was yes. just me. And, yeah. And so we're in a hotel room. We didn't do did the show. The next day comes, we had to fly out somewhere. And James had did something. I don't know what he had did. All I know is he breaks into my room. He said, come here. I'm like, yes, sir. Take the phone. I'm like, okay. And he said, just say yes, ma'am. Say yes, ma'am. All right? And I get on the phone and it's our uh, agent in the office, Jack Bouch office, Miss Dolores Rosala. She was cussing James Brown out. I mean, I never heard nobody even talk to James like that. But he just for her, for he, she could do it. Nobody else probably could. And he had me on the phone. Just, just be me, be me and I had to turn into him and I started trying to talk like him and Dolores said who the hell is this? (laughs) She
0: knew she knew that wasn't him
1: She knew it wasn't him it was close it was close but it wasn't him she said this Mr. Lasser, here she said, yeah, I got your black ass on the plane, too. And I said, oh. okay. And then Jay looked around, she said, what did she say? What did she say? I said, we, we got the flight out. He said, Ash right. He said, now go back to your room.
0: <laughs> oh, you know, there were times he fired the whole doggone band.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, he left us in San Francisco one time, high and dry. Not even enough gas money to get back from California to a uh, because that's when we quit. We we started this group called Nonstop. Some kind of way James had found out about it and he paid a few people off and they figured out how to break us up. So, you know, once we found out later that he paid off our manager. You know, they sent us all home with Christmas bonuses. We're going to call you back in a couple months. We're going to call you back in a couple months. They never called us back. Oh, Never called us back. And then we found out that James paid them to to leave us alone because he wanted his band back. That's that's how the Soul Generals
0: came. Oh. Uh,
1: Yeah, that's when the Soul Generals came. Tony Jones, Jimmy Moore. Haji Akbar, Larry Moore, but the drummers stayed. Tony and Arthur, they stayed. But everybody else were new. And Keith, the uh, other boy, there, yeah, those were soul generals. But he slowly but surely brought us all back. They were good, but they weren't us. If you know what I'm saying, they weren't. They weren't the guys that had been there forever. Yeah. they weren't the JBs. They weren't True. the JBs. Let's put it like that. There was a definite difference in the, you know, and you can kind of copy Brown, but it still was different. You know, you could tell that they weren't the JBs.
0: Now, May, but, uh, he used to call out Mayseo, Mayseo yeah. Parker on the saxophone. Mayseo, won't you blow? Mayseo.
1: Yeah, and
0: and Mayseo, he left. Yeah, Mayseo left. He had he left
1: a couple times. He had left and started the group, Mayseo and the Max. And of some kind of way, Brown managed to break that one up. And then when I came back, when I joined the group, uh, Maceo was there. Mace was there, and Fred Wesley was in and out. He was like special guest. But to me, that was the really last good funk hardcore playing band that we had right then. I mean, that was man. We would just all come out funky and stinking and sweaty. You know what I'm saying? Right. We would we work hard. We worked a lot of dancing, a lot of jumping, a lot of kicking.
0: You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, And with all due respect, he later found a sax man, and that's who. Uh, the last time I heard you. Play on stage, including Martha, uh, was with uh, Saint Clair Pickney. On yeah, the- well,
1: I lived. I, I lived with Saint Clair up up until that matter of fact, sinclair died in my arms.
0: Oh, uh, really?
1: Yeah, because uh, I lived with him. Ladies
0: and gentlemen, Saint Clair Pickney played the saxophone after Maceo had left the group.
1: Well, actually, no. Let's be correct. Maceo and Saint played together. Oh, really? Yes, it was Maceo, St. Clair, Wee Ellis, and this trumpet player named Cush. And then came Holly Ferris and Jason Sanford. But they uh, they were together there for a while. And then St. Clair did eventually take over the duties And then later on, we got the, the big white boy that can play his ass off, uh, Jeff Watkins. We got Jeff Watkins. And he came in and filled the job. He did a great job. Jeff, Jeff was good. He's, he could play. Yeah, he, we went on to play with the uh, New Orleans uh, Suspects, what's the name of this group? I don't know, some New Orleans group. And then he played with Josh Stone for a
0: minute. Mm-mm-mm. And James, why, you would think James would want the band to have stability, so that nobody would leave. If he had a good sound on a good band, why screw it up? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But you're
1: talking like you're talking to a sane person. We're talking to somebody that's mind was, was just so you don't know where he would be at. The right. man was a genius. You know, they always say it's a thin line between genius and insanity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying I, I believe I,
0: it. I've seen I it.
1: De- Definitely believe it because I've seen it. I worked for it for 27 years. Yeah,
0: no, you know I know agree. What I'm saying? No, one day, you're right.
1: one day he's the one day he knows he's that. You do everything he said. The next day, oh my God! I mean, he he he
0: got mad at me for wearing a cowboy hat one time, and I wasn't even working. I've seen pictures of James Brown wearing a cowboy hat. That's what that—that's the oxymoronic part of
1: it. You know what I'm just saying? Here we are trying to emulate, trying to be like him, basically. You know what I mean? We went through that, that, that album Soul Syndrome. That was our cowboy hat days. As a matter of fact, I think he's got it on the album cover. I walked on the bus one day in Vegas, and he was pissed off about something. He said, take that hat off. Take it off. And I'm like I'm like saying, Oh my god, boss,
0: you were his You were his best friend one day and the next day, he hated your guts. That's him. That's James Brown. That's the best way I could
1: describe him in a nutshell. Oh. And I don't want to talk too bad about him because Deanna and to would get mad at me. I still think they get mad at me because I speak my mind about, you know, I mean, like, I don't lie. I just tell the truth. James mm-hmm. was hard on us. I mean, we actually had a physical fight. You well, know, we had a oh, physical no. fight. You oh, and JB? Yeah, K- physical fight. We tore oh. up Toronto. We tore Toronto up.
0: Oh, no. no, no, no. <laughs> we did. Well, you yes, tell we Sister did. Deanna, that's his daughter, you tell her that there's an open door. She can come on here anytime she wishes. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I'd like to hear her represent about her dad. She's invited. Just let her know that for me, if you don't mind. Well, you know,
1: daddy can't do no wrong. so
0: Right. And you know yeah. what? That's normal. I've seen parents that were the far from good parents, but a child has it in them to love their mom and love their dad. They they, they could be an ax murderer and there's a part of them going to love them.
1: Exactly. And I'm not, I'm not mad at her. I'm just saying, you know, like I could see that if she had really did certain things, a certain way, she could have been kind of taken over a little bit and kept it, kept the band together and kept things going and keep it hot. You know what I'm saying? You know, while it was fresh, but eventually, enough time elapsed where people just started branching out on their own. Everybody's here. One's over there. One right now. I think they got a, a, a set of JBs overseas right now as we speak. Oh, uh, they're right. going to, yeah,
0: that, that, that one doesn't shock know. me. That doesn't shock yeah. me.
1: So they got these different, you know, JB's coming up. You know, you got these, you know, everybody's trying to do this and trying to do that. So, you know, it's not, it's, if you see the JB's, you don't know which ones. It's almost like, uh, I'm trying to think of a group, like the Temptations. Sometimes you, you had two or three different sets of temptations, you know, you had two or three different sets of, uh,
0: the, of, you remember the ink spots years ago.
1: Yeah. I remember the ink spots. Yeah.
0: There were, I think there were five of them at, at once out on tour. Yeah, because see, when one guy would quit, he would try to take the name with him and just go get some other guys. Yeah, Yeah. what one one guy puts his ink spots, another ink spots, another. Yeah, one. If there's five in the band, suddenly there becomes five ink spots groups. Exactly,
1: that's exactly, and that's exactly what's going on with the JB's (laughs) now.
0: Yeah, right. Oh my, yeah, I've seen it before, déjà vu.
1: You know well, that's what's happening. I couldn't go, like, uh, I, you know, like, my back issues, and then I had some other issues and things like that, and I just couldn't make it work. I'm going to tell you the truth. I kind of wanted to go just to keep the legacy going, but I just got to the point where it's different working for a, a, one of the band members than working for James Brown. It's a totally different vibe, a totally different level of respect. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it can be complications sometimes. You know what
0: I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I do.
1: Absolutely. Everybody's still vying for a position. They're bucking for this and they, you know what I'm saying? So,
0: right. Yeah. When you're our age, Ron, you're at the point where you're no longer, you know, I remember when we were young, they'd say, look, if you take a little less money for this gig, you'll oh, be yeah. able to, you'll be able to, it'll get the word, the name out there and you'll be able to make some on un- repeat business later. Oh, yeah, one of the best games in the business. Oh, that's yeah. a con game from day to day one. <laughs> and you know what? Of... Right now, don't tell me you're going to give me any, if I give you a discount, that you're going to get business for me. What, you want me to work when I'm 120? Is that it? That exactly. Right. If my I ain't point. got them now, I ain't never going to have them, child, you know? don't hand yeah. me that garbage
1: no they see they, they they get us for the love of playing we just like playing right
0: some you know, of the and, worst Ron some of the worst business men I've ever met in my entire life were in the rock and roll business
1: yep yep <laughs> terrible I, I my, terrible. Uh, uh, my, my church, for example, my church, had, I play at the church every Sunday and I was making pretty good dollar before COVID hit. After COVID hit, the church like went down. We still had to keep up building funds and mortgages and stuff like that. And they brought me down to a little, you know, cause they, I know they didn't have no money. So I was playing for much lesser money. So the other day I was like, look, okay, COVID's over. The church is being rebuilt again. I'm like saying, uh, all right, when are you going to get my money up? And then they gave me that line. Well, you know, we got this, we got this, we got this, we got that, we got this. And I told them right there, I said, y'all should have been promoters instead of running a church. (laughs)
0: Y'all would have been great promoters.
1: You know, I left it like that, but it's still the same game wherever you go with people. You know, it's the same game, same game.
0: What about my boy? Different
1: ways of presenting it, but it's the same game.
0: Uh, Let's stay together. Loving you forever. Who is that? That's Al. That's Reverend Al Green. And Mm -hmm. he's got a church. And if you think you're going to get into that church, here a free Al Green concert just by showing up. Uh, No, no. Uh, Ten bucks a head to get into the church.
1: And that's something when you start trying to charge people to go to church. Now, that is amazing.
0: Uh, I don't know how he got away with it. But you know what? I can understand What Al Green's doing down there? Because years ago, he charged $10 to get in. Uh, It could be up now with inflation. But I Uh, can understand people would show up at the church just to hear Al sing. That's it. That's it. And if he can make some money. I right. make it al know? is no fool al is no, no fool <laughs>
1: no he grew, he, he grew up in the old school he knows the game
0: there you go there you are absolutely and you know what there's another one i never get tired of al green boy isn't he good
1: yeah al al was good Al was good So, his wife thought he was good too when she threw those hot grits on
0: him. Oh, well, yeah, well, we we don't have to go there. We don't. No, it's just every time you say hell in the
1: neighborhood, the first Mm -hmm. thing they think of, they don't think of let's stay together or or, uh, love and happiness.
0: They think grits. Yeah. You you remember that uh, war? slipping into the in the darkness, darkness. Yes, well sir. i'm gonna slip right away from that story yeah okay, we could go you can edit that <laughs> yeah now you know the collins brothers i think they showed up on when uh james fired the whole band and the collins brothers showed up they didn't have so much as a rehearsal they just oh. hit it yeah they just that's it now, did James, was was he, he was famous for that, wasn't he? He didn't, uh, he would put you on stage with no rehearsal.
1: None whatsoever.
0: Many times he would do that, you know, but he figure it's, it's
1: his response for that. And his logic behind it is you haven't been listening to my music. You should already know. I uh-huh, mean, uh-huh. no matter what you do, he had an explanation for his madness. No matter what you do, yeah, Mr. Right. Brown, we didn't, we didn't rehearse this. We didn't rehearse this. Oh, so you haven't been listening to my music? You know, stuff like that, you Mm. know? So Mm -hmm. he gets you anyway. It was hard to win an argument with him, but I was one of the few that stood up to him, though. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. why he liked me. That's why he made me musical director, because he told the guys when he made me musical director. He said, one thing about Mr. Laster, he's going to speak his mind. He said, the rest of y'all, y'all scared of me. So Mr. Mr. is not scared of me. And I said, you know, I'll be like, He don't know I was terrified, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I just came from that, you know, where I came from, you know, we just, we didn't care who you were. You know, you have to still treat another person with at least some sort of respect, you know, especially I'm yes, sir. And you and do, I'm that your beckoning call, you know what I mean? So I would expect to return the fact that as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, you know, the respect should be returned. You know, I'm just saying, if I did something wrong, I'll admit to it,
0: you know? Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. And then at the end of 27 years, Charles Bobbitt gave you a phone call. Yep. Tell the people who Charles Bobbitt is and tell them about the phone call and what he told you.
1: Well, Mr. Bobbitt was James's uh uh, road manager for years. They went to Africa, and uh this president at that time, who later fo- did some kind of coup. Anyway, he liked the way Mister Bobbitt was handling business, and made Mister Bobbitt a millionaire to leave James Brown to work for him. So Mister Bobbitt worked for him for the long. The African guy worked for him till the the government collapsed or something. Then he came back, and some kind of way he got back in as. Road manager again. Now, like I said, I had been fired 22 times. This was one of those times. James was. I was in my little denomic stage. James called me up a couple of days before he died. He said, "Mr. Lester, I'm like, yes, sir." He said, "I got air. You back, son." He said, these people, they don't know what they're doing. He said, you know me. I need you. I need you. Be ready. I need you. I said, okay, cool. I was so happy because I was off work. I said, baby, I'm back to work. Are we back to work. I said, well, everything going to be straight. This was right before Christmas, right two days before. So Mr. Bobbitt called me up and said, Mr. Lashley, get ready. Uh, your ticket's at the airport, blah, blah, blah. I literally had my bags back, had my ride arranged. Then I get a call. And Mr. Bobbitt says, hold up for a minute, Mr. Lester. Just hold up for a few seconds. We just had to take the boss to the hospital. I said, he going to be all right? He said, he going to be all right. He, said, he just, you know. he just got a few complications. And at 1.15 that morning, he called me up and told me, he said, he's gone, Mr. Lester. I was like, what? What do you mean he gone? he gone? He's gone for the uh, shows already? He said, we ain't going to leave until tomorrow? I'm thinking like normal. He said, no, he's he passed away. I said, what? literally dropped the phone. And um, um yep and that's what that's how I found out he died four hours later. Channel eleven news from Atlanta was in my living room and I said, Wow, it is real. At first you don't want to believe that. You know, you don't it that takes a minute to sink in. But when they came knocking on my door at six thirty in the morning to interview me, I said, It's real. I said, How did they even find me? <laughs>
0: I said, Right. Right. You know <laughs> Somebody but, you know, somebody sang somewhere. Yeah as to that, where that, you that, were
1: that was a little birdie somewhere.
0: Isn't that the truth? Now I heard that you had discovered something in your career earlier that I discovered likewise as well. There's so many similarities between you and I because not only did you work in playing your instrument with bands, but you were the DJ too and right, basically they, yeah. you learned at a young age that there was more money to be made as the DJ than playing in the band.
1: Yeah. Later on, I figured that out because when I first started, you know, like, uh, I was making pretty good, uh, DJ, but I used to get so mad. I'm playing all these people's songs and I'm like saying, I can do that. I can play that. Why am I sitting up here? Why am I here in this club every night watching the same drunks? You know, every night, you know what I mean? So I was so grateful when Ann called, I said, I can get out of here. And it's real funny. I was walking home from the from the uh one of my shows that night. I'm crossing this place center court field. I feel like everybody would know that from Niagara Falls. I'm walking and I stopped right in the middle of the field and I looked up in the sky and I said, Lord, please get me out of here you know what I mean because like yeah there was just so many other problems you know girlfriends and this jealous people i just you know it wasn't so much about making the money it was the things that went along with that job you know what I'm saying and i right. said lord get lord get me out of here and do you would, would believe it or not within 24 hours Ann called me what? that's when I said i do believe in god i was raised in the church you know I said like I guess I, either that's the weirdest coincidence in the world or somebody answered my prayers
0: people say rick why aren't you playing the drums why don't you play for a living why don't you i've had people that love me say rick you got it together why aren't you doing it i said i'll tell you why i'm not doing it as much as i dearly love it the drummers that are working today unless you're with you know, Lionel Richie and the Commodores or the yeah, Eagles, yeah, somebody, like that. Right, somebody yeah. of that stature, unless exactly. you're with an act like that, they're making the same money as what I made in 1971. That's
1: exactly right. That's why I get mad about these people. I'm off work and they say, Ron, okay, you off work. Come on. Can you put something together? Bah, bah, bah. We're going to give you $200. I'll be like, what?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you lost your mind? I can double that as a DJ any day.
1: Easily, easily, easily. 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 Easily.
0: And and if it's New Year's Eve, I'd I'd go you much better than that. Quadruple. Right, yes, yes. More (laughs) money on New Year's Eve. And Mm -hmm. people say I actually had a lifestyle to where my friends on the radio they were starving to death they couldn't pay their electric bill i know man i know I they know. were they were, were I there was a small radio station in town i'm not going to call them out but i swear to you ron the damn payroll checks they bounced at least twice <laughs> I'm, I'm serious i'm dead serious I payroll checks bounced and you're going to and you know working for an organization like it oh well I'm this hot stuff DJ and here's my paycheck bounce 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 yeah
1: really really yeah. rubber ball might as well have been in the nba
0: right <laughs> I, I i have a theme song for him it's by roger troutman's called more bounce to the ass <laughs> isn't ironically, that the truth
1: that fits. ironically that
0: fits perfectly yeah. don't tell me you're brainwashed is what you are because you don't want to flip hamburgers you're oh, thinking you're hot no stuff way. as a dj uh, in reality, you, you know, uh, and
1: the you, thing about it with me, you know, with the scoliosis thing, you know, my father was a plant worker, you know, and he, and, and my brother wanted to be in the plant. He's like, son, I work hard at coming from Alabama to get you guys up here. And now I can give you this great job and you want to go around playing guitar. Cause you know, he was real like this. He said, you ain't gonna make no money. You ain't gonna do nothing. You know, my father was good strict. He was strict. He was a good father, but he was strict. You know, he expected me to follow his in his footsteps working in a plant making uh pig iron. And uh he ended up with Alzheimer's from standing in front of that furnace all them years. Oh my oh the, Lord. the last time I saw my dad, he looked at me for like three or four minutes and then he said, I know you. I said, Dad, what you talking about, man? Please, many times you have been whoop my behind. Talk, What you talking about? He said, I know you. And then he said, yes. He said, you're Liza's boy. Now, Liza's my mother's name. He said, that's right. You're Liza's boy. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Pops, it's me, you know? And then it took him a minute. But, uh, you know, it was the plant. It
0: was the plant.
1: Everybody that came out of that place, something went wrong with them, cancer or something, you know?
0: Right, right.
1: And plus, like, I I couldn't, I, I wasn't up to that anyway. My back wouldn't allow that, you know? I mean, I would I had to find something that wasn't like that, you know. So that, that that's where the DJing come in. That's where playing the guitar came in because I could get away with that without having to worry about lifting 150 pounds every day. You know what I'm saying? Oh
0: yes. So, yeah. Well, that, that let was... me tell you. You ever seen those those handheld portable radar guns, like what they stick out the window and and yeah it, yeah, yeah to yeah. give you a speeding ticket? Yeah. Well, when they first came out, these cops were taking these radar guns that were live, plugged in live, and they uh-huh. were sticking them between their legs as they sat there in the front seat of the cruiser.
1: Not even using
0: them? No, they were just waiting for the next car to come uh-huh. on the freeway or on, on, on a on a country road or somewhere. Right, 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 right. And so they would stick the live radar gun betwinks their legs in the groin area as they waited for the next stream of two or three cars so when that throw off
1: the cal- calibration or
0: something I, I don't know but i'll tell you what it started to be that on these little small uh, departments that 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 did all that they started all having cancer oh okay they okay. testicular cancer and all kinds of things and if you look now ain't nobody sticking those guns in between, legs in no between their <laughs> legs no more i don't uh, think uh, yeah no, sir. Did they get
1: any class action money off of
0: that? Uh, I, you know what? <laughs> they sued that. They tried that, and I covered, would have been right there. Down the are no there are no r- waves of radar that would cause any health. You know, yeah. that's a funny world we live in. You know, is, that's man. like saying I it did is. not discriminate against you, Mister Black or a uh, woman or black. Right, right. Black. But now here. I'm going to give you a half a million dollars, but remember, (laughs) I didn't do any wrong. Yeah, I did nothing but take this half a million. You sign this. Sign this. You sign. I do hereby state that I will accept this half a million But you did nothing wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you didn't call me the N word.
0: Yeah, right, right. Yeah. 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 You did not call me the N word. You did (laughs) not discriminate. But give me that half a million and I'll sign and then I'll take it. The perpetrator said, Well, I've As far as I'm concerned, I've done no wrong. I'm vindicated. (laughs) I did no wrong. Yeah. I just love to give away a half a million dollars. Right. So true. So true. Oh, man. What type of, you know, I was born at night, Ron. I wasn't born last night.
1: I'm telling you, I was born at twilight, so I got yeah. a little bit of both. <laughs> really? For
0: God's sake, I'm going to yeah, give yeah. you a half a million dollars out of my back pocket, and, yeah, but, and I, but I did no wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah my, uh, my, 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 my grandfather
0: did not make you eat outside yeah you're right right with the sign, my grandfather (laughs) had had a sign on the front said whites only whites only but hey that wasn't discriminatory
1: you know i've got my one uh, close encounter like that we were you know we're in niagara falls with my folks from alabama we used to go down to greenville alabama that's basically where they're from and they came up with the Alabama mentality. You know, just because you moved to Niagara Falls, still they being raised by Alabama style. Mm-hmm. So we went to Montgomery one time because we used to go every October. My father used to do a revival down there and I they take me out of school every year. Every year. So this one year, I'm young and we're going to, come on kids, we're going to get some ice cream. And I seen the ice cream stand and then one side it said white, the other side said colored. Now my dumb butt being from niagara falls and such a, a place with like near canada where that really didn't mean too much you know i thought white meant vanilla
0: uh-huh
1: i run up to the window to get a vanilla comb. my mother snatched my arm so hard man you know she said we're not even going in here get out of here and i started crying but you said we could get some ice cream when she said we're gonna get some but not here
0: yeah you know what i'm yeah. saying
1: and that was my first time like i was like why why not what's what's wrong and then later as i grew older i understood what was happening this was right, right then you go home and you see them spraying water hoses and dogs beating up our aunts and uncles and stuff like that you know then i said oh okay i see it now i understand now so
0: but well that was one of my first encounters you and i ron are not going to live long enough to see all this corrected but you Uh, know what if you look around if you look around, little by little, inch by inch, it's Slowly coming. Slowly it's coming. slowly changing.
1: Patrick Mahomes, Tiger Woods, uh, people like that. Yes. It, it's slowly coming. That's just yes. like
0: prince. Prince. You know, Shaq O'Neal. Shaq O'Neal said, I had to have a talk with my own two children that said, when these racists pull you over, you put your hands on the wheel, don't move, yep. don't yep. jerk around. don't." Yep. Do. He said, I'll straighten it out and take care of it. If you come home safely to me, but yeah, don't let me, shot. Yeah, don't let me come and pick you up in a box. Yeah. All yeah. right. And it's you know, this is a man who is living the American dream and he still has to put up with this garbage because people yeah. forget about who died in this country, both men and women, both man, white why? and black, to protect yeah. these citizens' rights.
1: Yeah, they don't know what they went through. But I'm just saying, like, I, I'm five years older than you, but I still was old enough to know. I was, shoot, I was 11 when they signed the Civil Rights Bill, and I was an honor student, so I was very well aware of what was going on in the world. Right. I think that's right. kind of what influenced me to name of our album, Take a Look at This World.
0: Yeah, oh, uh, believe me, what a great title. And speaking of that, that is the name of the album. Take a look at this world. It's an 11 song album by the group Soul De Loon. D E, new word, L U N E. Soul De Loon. And it features our guest today, 27 year guitarist. From one of the best entertainers in the world, the yes, legendary.
1: What up, what up, world? What up, America uh-huh. and everywhere else? What's
0: up? The what's happening? godfather of soul, James yes, Brown. The, the living. Well, we used to call him the living legend of soul too, but right. that's no they, longer true. Yeah, they called him everything. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. and he he was a proponent of education. I agree he was a genius and you're right there's a thin line between yeah. genius and idiot. Yeah that's <laughs> totally true. I've seen it. I've seen it in others. I've seen people who were highly intelligent but they did not they do stupid things. They forget yeah, to, let, to let take me a give shower. You a,
1: let me give you a quick example. And I hope you maybe you might keep this. Maybe you might not. I just got appointed um, music director. Right. And I just had a newborn, you know, and I was, you know, going, you know, that we were off work. Let's put it like that. We're off work. So the guys were telling me, said, man, I don't know if you really want that job. Some of them were hating, but some of them were like to said, you know, he's going to be bothering the hell out of you, you know. I said, oh, man, I got it. I ain't worried. I ain't thinking about no Jane. but I just do my job, and I do. That's all I'm worried about. Is he said, okay. So I go home. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. The phone started ringing. Now remind you, this is before hold. This is before, you know, uh, you know, certain telephone features that they had. This is like back in the old school. If you're on the phone, the line is busy. Back in them days. You know them days.
0: Yes, no phone and, uh, machine.
1: Right, none of that, none of that. So it's like 3.30 in the morning. I finally got my boy down you know sleep now the phone starts ringing three in the morning so my girl looks at me she said that's said, baby that ain't nobody but james i said i ain't trying to talk to him right now I ain't, I ain't. i don't i ain't feeling him right now so the phone rings 10 times i figure you know he's gonna he's gonna hang up phone rings 20 times i'm like oh god he's very persistent today i said, he must be in one of his moods phone rings 30 times i said he's gonna give up and my girl said, answer the phone, the baby getting ready to wake up anyway. I said, nah, I'm gonna wait. I counted each ring. It was 57 rings. Oh my. I finally picked the phone up. I, acted like I was acting like I'm asleep. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, hello. hello. And he's wide open. Mr. Lester. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I know that sound. He said, Where is she asleep? I'm like, uh yeah, boss, I just put the baby down. He said, I got a great idea. So I said, let me get a pen. I'm thinking he's getting ready to give me another song or something to work on, because that was another one of my duties, right? Yeah. And and he goes, we're going to put wings on the bus. And I said, yeah, that'll be a good design. I'm trying to appease him. That'll be a good design. Mr. brown wings on the bus, you know, uh, flying into the future or something. I said, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I'm trying anything to come out. He said, no, Mr. said you got it wrong. I said, what do you mean? He said, we're going to put wings on the bus. So if you're ever late for a gig, all you got to do is fly over traffic. You'll never be late again. I'll talk to you later and slam the phone down.
0: Oh, my <laughs> goodness. That's, that's my that, boy. Tell me that's not a classic. Oh, yes, it is. That's classic, James. That is classic, James.
1: That's uh, just to give you an idea of what it was. That's mm. just a, a, that's an innocent story, I think. I think that's t- a tellable story, you know, because you don't mm. want to say everything. You know what I mean? Next thing I know, they'd be all on my butt. But, you no, know, yeah. that's a that's a true story, though. That one killed me. I mean, like I said, man, you know, I, I was just looking at the receiver. when you just, I'm just standing there just looking at the receiver and to make matters worse the baby wakes up and starts crying
0: (laughs) yeah oh i believe that yeah i
1: said oh my god you know
0: What have I got myself into, you know? So when he he would sing Georgia on my mind and sing um, other people's work, would he call you up and say, Ron, I want to start singing Georgia so that you could work on it in advance? Or would he just lay that on you sometime? Impromptu, impromptu, impromptu. You had no no. Uh, uh advance notice. We knew
1: that he always did, Georgia, and we all learned it just in case one day he would call it. Ah. The sig- the signal for Georgia, he would say, take me back Dixon. Dixon was the drummer and he started with an opening, of, doom doom. so when he said, take me back, Dixon, we knew right away that was Georgia. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that he would take it down in the middle and call me up to do a tribute to West Montgomery.
0: No, oh, right. If well, the, Martha High had no advanced knowledge that he would say to her, what time is it? And she says, yeah. it's hustle, hustle time. time. Yeah. It, the first time that happened, she told me, was in a live concert. And the only thing she could think of to say when was he said hustle d- it's, yeah, it's yeah. hustle time.
1: That's it, and that became a a fixture. We did it all the time after that. That was that was a signal. We used to wait for what time it is because we knew that we. We're going down to the closing out of the show. That was where we just started doing I Feel Good. Then we go into a, a sex machine. You yes. know, that was, we knew that that was getting ready to happen. Right. So that, that was like, we you see the band perk up. Cause sometimes James would get into a mood where he used to do like, it's a man's world. Yes. And we used to call it death row because he would go into man's world sometimes. And we would play that song for 30, 40 minutes. And I'm not exaggerating the oh, time frame. Oh, oh. Oh we we called it death row. Yeah. That's what we called it. We couldn't wait. And now you could just see us getting sluggish on you could just see us. And we had a lot of jokes that James didn't used to see. I used to like take a guitar pick sometime and throw it on the floor on purpose. Right. Then I would turn around and moon him.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, oh, but, uh, oh. only the girls next only the band knew what I was doing. He thought I was just picking up my guitar pick, you know, or something. But I would just like purposely throw it in the air when he wasn't letting throw it in the air. Mm-hmm. Did I turn around and move him? Boy, we would be dying. I mean, I'm just saying because we had to keep ourselves, we had to keep ourselves entertained while we were entertaining. If you understand what I'm saying, because sometimes they would just get stuck on a certain thing. It, it just, it'd be too much. And we just have to keep ourselves going so we could laugh about it and then the show instead of worrying about why don't we just stand still for 35 minutes doing a ballot.
0: Right. Now, when your girlfriend, a girl named Anne, called yeah. you, you were in your early 20s at that time.
1: 26, I think. 25, 26. Okay. You
0: know. All right. And she said, Do you want to play with James Brown? There's an mm-hmm. opening. Now, At that time, were you married and did you have any children or were you a single guy? No, I
1: had had my own apartment. I had my own apartment. Um, Uh, You were a
0: bachelor. You were a bachelor. I was a bachelor. Yeah, I was a bachelor. Now, you took her up on it and they hired you to work for James. How long after when you started working did the women come in and start chasing you? That's my question when I got off the bus. Oh, I know that's right. <laughs> oh, I know. Let me tell you, you can get the women as the DJ Ron. You don't have yeah, to be a member yeah. of the band.
1: No, you don't. You don't. Yeah. I know that for a fact, cause that was one of the things that, uh, that, and, and that I was going through like everybody, you got a girlfriend. No, I said, no, I'm dating who I want to. I had met four or five different girls coming through the place, you know, knocking on the door and I got one upstairs and one sitting in the living room,
0: stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know? mm-hmm.
1: And those, you know, but I wasn't married. No, I wasn't married. Right. I was just, you know,
0: there were I, was beautiful just women. I was just a I was just Beautiful giant. women out oh, there.
1: Oh man. Some of them, I could not even
0: believe Oh, there I were. Even, there were. They, I couldn't believe they liked me. Barry White and the Love Unlimited well, orchestra. A orchestra. They uh-huh. used to sing, "He high steppin', hip hip dressin' yep. fella, a, you yeah. got it together." And if you were a high stepping hip dressing fella who got it together, boy, the women were there for you now.
1: And, and so were the drug
0: dealers. Oh well, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> no, I no, didn't I, say I, anything I, about that. <laughs>
1: No, but I like to mention it because, you know,
0: like, that's a thing
1: that you'd have to learn how to overcome because especially coming from a small town and now all of a sudden you got these guys here, do this, here, do this. They got these pretty girls and stuff with you. You can get caught up in that for a minute. You but can thank get the Lord, you know, blah, blah, blah. I got out of it, you know, but I could see it coming. You know, if not, I wouldn't oh, be yes. living like I am now, you know. No,
0: that's true. Yeah. And
1: I know some of guys that I do know that couldn't get out of it, man, and they're really living hard and terrible lives, right? Right now you know what I mean to just feel you know involved with it but I did everything i could to just get away from it you know what I mean and i and I did it so right kind of i'm kind of pr- proud of myself for that you know
0: and you're alive to to talk about yeah it.
1: Yes, it's been 15 years, so I'm oh, good. Yes, yeah. sir.
0: Yes, sir. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, God bless the women on this planet, because what's that That old joke? or It's not a joke. I believe it. They say, if the good Lord created anything better than woman, he kept it to himself.
1: <laughs> that's a good one that's there good you one.
0: go there you go <laughs>
1: and, and still in retrospect what you thought about a, a saying what do you what do you call a musician without a girlfriend
0: oh uh, what huh H- homeless oh what <laughs> what's the difference between a jazz <laughs> a large pizza a large pizza and a jazz musician no idea a large pizza can feed a family of four
1: Oh, yeah, that's definitely true cause they're the brokeest people in the world,
0: uh, yeah, yo, oh, definitely.
1: yeah, that's a good yeah. one too. I'm gonna have to stick that one in my repertoire.
0: There you go. <laughs> well, here, let me let me flash some hand signals. what? Oh, $50, uh, Ron. Just use one hand now, uh, Rick.
1: Use <laughs> uh, one hand. Uh,
0: I was using that two-hand method. Uh, uh, the two-hand
1: is the, that's the scary one. The two-hand yeah. is the scary one yeah. hand you can deal with, but that double. No, oh, no, no. Oh, my,
0: oh, my. Hey, thank God we're not on Zoom. <laughs> Boy, isn't, isn't that the tr- Oh, people, you know what the women have told me? Rick, I like doing your show. I said, well, why is that? They said, well, no hair, no makeup no wardrobe, Your yeah. audio only. Well, I, I can be at home with nothing on. And it's and, funny, and, and it's it's funny good. that you said that five
1: minutes before you called, uh, uh, my girl was like, don't you got an interview to do? Why are you still laying down? You're laying down, blah, blah, blah. You got an interview to do. And I said, baby, it's not a Zoom, and I'm more comfortable in this position right now. And mm-hmm. I can, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable right now. I'm like, why are you worried about it? You know what I mean? Because she's corporate. Right. And they, she's you know, thinking yeah.
0: she's thinking you're on video.
1: Yeah, so she's thinking that. You know, you don't have to be laying down. I said, shoot, I'm stretched out in here with my PJs on, talking to Rick Flynn. That's and I'm really right. enjoy, Rick, I'm really enjoying talking to you. I've been interviewed by a lot of people, but it's like I've been knowing you for a long time.
0: I've just met you today, Ron, and that's yeah, exactly I the way like I've I feel. Been knowing you. That's the way I feel. And ladies, if you're out there, you're in show business, come on the show, for God's sake. You don't have hair. You don't have makeup. You don't have there wardrobe. We have a good time. Everything is straight up. You know, the women have come on. Sister Martha High, uh, a dear friend of mine that I've mm-hmm. just met because that there was chemistry going on there. Just like yeah. there is here, Ron. Uh, what can I say? You you. What's the old, you either is or you ain't. Is you is or is you ain't. <laughs> right. When it, when it comes to soul, I think I'm is, you know? Well, soul is basically a universal language. People don't keep
1: forgetting about that. I mean, like, I never forget the first time we went to Japan, and some of the people, like, always ask me, well, how do they understand you out of this and that? It's not about what they are understanding. It's about what they're hearing, that funk. They don't care what you're saying, but that music is grabbing them by, from the inside. And that's what's making them do it. So, you know, we could go to Poland and we could go anywhere and we would just have the same reaction, you Mm -hmm. know, everywhere we went. They would love it. They were gentle. we before Czechoslovakia broke up. We're playing in Czechoslovakia. And we were playing, and the people wanted to get up and jam. And, you know, the soldiers were beating them back down in their seats. Oh, wow. You know, but the music had them so much, and they knew the soldiers were going to come get them. They defied them and was getting up jamming and dancing, and they were getting hit upside the head, too, at the same time. I was like, i never seen nothing like that in
0: my life, you know? Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. No, that's a true story. Yeah, yeah. no, that's not like, not that good. Crazy. Well, we, was... you know what it is. There's something about some type of a badge and a gun that causes yeah. somebody who we give that to and say, that's here, right. here, it's yours. You go ahead and you work with this. It affects their mind and it causes them to to, to usurp their power. Yes, to do. They're drunk on power. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's what it is. They're drunk on power, especially when you add to that, that if they ever get caught doing this, this, these heinous acts, ain't right. nothing happening. Hey, wait, ain't nothing happening. <laughs> ain't nothing happening.
1: Uh-uh. Well, hit that nail on the head. Ain't yeah. nothing
0: happening. Oh, don't get me going on it, Ron, for God's oh, sake. Oh, I know. I
1: know. We can. Makes that, that's, me another, sick that's another of my show. Stomach. That's another it show.
0: makes me sick to my stomach
1: yes it does Suck oh it
0: ladies and gentlemen I- Here's the hour gone again, as usual. (laughs) Ron, if they want the album, it's called Take a Look at This World. It's an 11-song album by an organization that you put together consisting of the iconic James Brown musicians, and you call the name of the organization Soul De Loon. Actually, You're- a division of Rock and Chair Productions. All righty. If they want the album, Ron, tell them where they're going to go and how they're going to get it.
1: The av- album is available on Spotify. That's a few other known sites uh, I- iTunes, Pandora. We're on YouTube. And there's more to come. We haven't done our video work yet, but that should be out within the next three or four months. Uh, but basically, it's available. And just listen to it and tell your friends. And there's a song for everybody. If you don't like one, believe me, there's another song on the album that you're gonna love. So it's
0: three a words bit of something for everybody. Talk to me in three words. Here are the three words. <clears throat> Tower of Power.
1: Oh my goodness, the fuckiest white boys ever. Them boys are killer. And I really hate it when Lenny left. When Lenny, uh, uh, Williams Lenny
0: left. Williams. Lenny Williams.
1: Oh my God, they were on fire. That was when they were peaking. Well,
0: isn't that the truth?
1: Isn't that the truth? They were on fire.
0: Oh, Tower of Power. And I hated
1: my boy Bruce Cotty just passed away recently, the guitar player. Uh, I'll never forget. I met him in Lake Tahoe, and I always wanted to know that solo that he played in What Is Hilt. And he sat me down in in the, in the hotel room and showed me the entire solo. He said, "Man, it's nothing but a pentatonic scale." And I was like, "Uh huh." <laughs> he said, "You know the pentatonic." I said, "Oh, okay." I was still in awe, of being with Bruce. And he sat down and showed me that whole di 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 I was like, "Okay, thanks, Bruce. Thanks." Mm-hmm. You know, that was cool. It was real cool. And then I was in uh, overseas with with uh, Rocco, the bass player, and I had got. On some of that that Amsterdam Amsterdam weed, and I was drinking some crazy uh, soup or uh, what they call it,
0: Ouzo S- or something sake. like that. Ouzo is, is a Uzo. black licorice.
1: Liqueur. Yeah, it was that stuff, and I was drinking it like it was like black licorice.
0: Yes, And I, yes.
1: And I got really, really kind of out of it, and and Rocco sat up there with me for about two hours and talked me down, and. We talked, and next thing we know, we were kind of like jamming together. And he said, "Okay, man, now you can go back to your room." And I said, "Man, thanks, Rocco." You know, so I did have a little personal connection with those guys.
0: Right when I saw Tower of Power live, Rocco was playing the bass. Man, Rocco is a monster, man. And that That's drummer cool. is a white boy that was Get dangerous on day, the phone. I don't dangerous know where he got on the funk no, don't know where he got it from i have no idea where he got it but boy he was on <laughs> you talk about being on the one he could be on any number you told him to be on you see
1: oakland oakland stroke do the oakland stroke that was the one there that killed me too soul vaccination
0: all of those yeah, down yeah. to the nightclub yep yep that's the first album what is hip yep And, oh, my. All right. Four words. Talk to me. Earth, wind, and fire.
1: Okay. I liked early Earth, Wind & Fire more so than I liked them at the end. They were one of them first power groups. Their first two or three albums were like a local band and, with, and did uh, the best local band in the world.
0: Like but, the, the Earth, Wind & Fire that came out was Shining Star.
1: Yeah, well, I'm talking about before that. I'm talking about the Last Days in Time album when they did like Time is on Your Side and they had Jessica Cleves singing a uh, lead with them. Oh, my God. That, that one got me. But then they really got with that album with Evil and Clover.
0: Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. All that, right. How about how about with the emotions uh, singing yeah, uh, Boogie yeah. Wonderland?
1: Boogie Wonderland was good. And then they did the emotion song, too. Uh, they backed them up on uh, To Be Real. No, that was got Cheryl to, Lynn. Got
0: To Be Real. No. That was Cheryl Lynn. Wasn't uh, it? Uh, what is best of my love? Yeah, you got the best of my love. And you then got they did the got best to be real. of my love. Yeah.
1: And they did uh, Got to Be
0: Real with uh, Cheryl Lynn. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. All righty. Two words for you, Ron. Sly Stone. My idols. If it wasn't for Sly,
1: I probably wouldn't be playing. They played in Niagara Falls one time, and I dressed like I was a part of the band. Everybody in town was laughing at me and everything. You know what I'm saying? But I came in with the wig on and everything, man. I Once again,
0: to- they said, well, this funk music's for black people. What? Uh, excuse me. I saw Sly and the Family Zone on every album they ever did. I believe that's a mixed band last I checked. Yes, they are. They are. All right, talk to me. Cool and the gang.
1: Another one of my uh, the early cool in the game. Clays on guitar. I used to love them for. Now I did kind of get a little angry with them when they went commercial. When they started doing like Joe Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I kind of like that's not cool in the game. Yeah. You know, but but remember earlier we were talking about you got to make
0: that money. I'm going to tell you something. One of my favorite songs they ever came out with. Well, I've got many, but that one, and it's not one of their most popular, and I don't know why, it's as good as anything they ever recorded. It Summer was, Madness. No, it was called no. Take My Heart. Okay. If you want it, come and get oh, it. Oh, yeah, that was on Take that, uh, my uh, Heart, other album. Yeah, that
1: was the third album, I think, third or fourth. No, no, that was on the... Uh,
0: I don't know the album. A, I played it on a twelve-inch. Okay. Oh, in Cincinnati, that they love that one. Now I'm telling you, take okay. my heart. If yeah, you want it, come we're, and we're, get it. They
1: were my inspirations too as a kid coming up. I wanted to be. I wanted to be Clay's. I wanted to be Freddie. You yeah. know, and it's yeah. so funny that my band, our band, we didn't even play James Brown stuff. But that that just goes to show that style. Remember in our earlier show we were talking about that chinky chinky style. Yes, yes. You know yes. what I mean? That, that
0: guitar, guitar going right. on the guitar.
1: Yeah, James just made the guitar basically like the lead instrument in a lot of his songs. That became the lead because he never really had an organ player. If you played organ, James played the organ. He was the right. one that would play, but he never really cared for an organ player. We didn't get one of those until actually later on in his career.
0: Now, so he everything sold, was
1: built around guitars.
0: He sold his Hammond B3 organ. To Paul Schaefer. Is that right?
1: As far as I know, the Godfather is still in the warehouse.
0: Oh, he really? Sold,
1: he may have sold an organ to uh, Paul uh, uh-huh. but the go- actual one, the, the Godfather that was done with this red plastic with the little gold, uh, little buttons like on it.
0: Yes. I yes. I do
1: believe that that is still in the warehouse. Cause I think they were talking about, cause you know, they went through a lot of trouble with this estate. Who's going to get what, and what yes, they're going to do yes, with it. Yes, they did. Yeah. They did. I think they did finally settle it just last month, I think. That they finally came to an agreement of what they were going to do. Because, you know, James is still buried in his daughter's backyard.
0: I I had heard that, but I didn't That's know if that true. was true. That's true.
1: That's true. That is a true story. You see, because he was in the, they were going to make this mausoleum type thing for him,
0: but nobody would come
1: pay the bill. So uh-huh. the funeral director said, look, y'all going to have to come do something with this body. You're going to bury him in a cemetery because, you know, in South Carolina, you're allowed to bury people on your property. Mm-hmm. You can bury a relative on your property in South Carolina. So they just took them and buried them in our backyard. I'll be darned. They haven't moved on. I think they eventually plan on making some, you know, big mausoleum, make it like, uh, what's Elvis like the Graceland type thing. That's what they want. To that's do.
0: a mausoleum, isn't it? Isn't that called? That's like how Elvis, well, that thing on Graceland, that's like, uh, you know, one of these, <laughs> That's like a mini house back there.
1: Yeah, yeah. They they wanted to do something like that, but nobody yeah. wants to pay. You know, right. just, there was there right. was a lot of thieves. They found out there was a lot of money being stolen from James. Just like now, we didn't end up with a pension. We ended up the band ended up with nothing. That's uh-huh. all I can say. We ended up
0: with Zilch. Uh-huh.
1: You know, we might get an occasional royalty check from something that we did on TV or something like that, but as far as anything creating stability now we're out here on our own now so
0: yeah well i heard uh, they told me that uh, you said that if you had any regrets in life you said that you wished that you had put more money away
1: and that is exactly true a lot of money went through my hands you know what i mean but like i'm saying a young kid from niagara falls we did a lot of partying i mean like I yeah. mean, we go to we go to Paris, we were like, that's one thing too about being in a band, when you do these tours, we don't just do the tourist thing, we meet the people that live there, and they take us in their neighborhood, so we actually live the actual experience of being a person that actually lives there on a regular basis, and sometimes we get out, we get to power, we get to spending more money than we thought we had, you know what I mean, and this and that, and then James had a whale of of when you make a lot of money he would take 3 months off and not give you any kind of money when you're off and if he did send you money you had to pay it back no so why. you know Yeah, so that was the downfall. I wish I had saved more money, and I really wish that I had used— because James used to block our connections. Another thing I regret is not uh, certain people and certain things. I could have put myself out there more than just being exclusive to James. I probably could have, you know, marketed myself a little bit better.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And a lot of times I've talked to musicians. They say a regret that I have is that I did not— literally write songs more
1: right exactly because exactly, the songwriters
0: they get more money see
1: right right you know we just we were, we were just uh caught up in the glitz and the glamour right. and we weren't really thinking of the business side as much as we got into that caliber of entertainment, it was kind of new to us and we didn't realize certain things. We should have taken care of business a little bit better, submitted mm-hmm. more songs, things like that. If James decided to take them, if he was going to give you credit anyway, because sometimes he would steal our, our music and take credit for, it, you know. But then oh, yeah. there's nothing we, yeah, nothing we could do about it. We didn't know
0: what to do. So No, that's true. That's, mm-hmm. hey, I, what was it? Sugarfoot, Sugar with the Ohio players, was telling uh, me. He said when I was coming up in this business, we were afraid to go in and ask for money.
1: Yeah, scared to death. You you scared
0: know? to death, yeah.
1: Yep, afraid to go send you back home.
0: That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Oh, my. All right. Ron, we're a little over time. I thank you for coming in today and for being a wonderful guest. This is your second appearance. I promise you, sir, it won't be your last. Okay. Okay. Will hope, you come hope, back?
1: Well, hopefully by then, so the album has taken off and you can really have an even deeper interview, but there's so much more I could tell you, but Time
0: is not on our side today. Is is that right? It's a Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. Time, time is on my side. side. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The new album. (laughs) Take a look at this world. (laughs) It's 11 songs from Soul Day Loon. It features Ronald Rock Laster. The, what was that, DJ? The Master Music Blaster. The Master Music Blaster. Ronald Rock Laster, 27 years with the Godfather of Soul, the legendary James Brown, everybody. At this time, Ron, since we're over, I don't have a lot of time. Why don't you just say good night, Ron? Good night, Ron. <laughs> hey, that was the Godfather. Godfather, was that Ron a good employee for you? He was the best man I ever had in the entire world. Uh, hey, uh, JB, did the women like him? They love him, they love him to death. All right, <laughs> hey everybody, it's Rick Flynn. It's been fun, but I've got to run. On behalf of myself and our special guests from James Brown's band, Ronald Rock Laster, the master of music blaster, Thank you for tuning in, everyone. What a great program. Uh, I've loved every second of it. We'll see you on the next show, everybody. Good night.
1: The preceding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.